Welcome to the 97th episode of Dialoga, a podcast between two friends about the latest society, politics, and feminism in Indonesia and the world. I'm Stephanie Tangkilisan. And I'm Sweden Lee. And we're back with COVID-19 news because, hey, that's still a thing. Um, we actually wanted to talk about what's been trending in Indonesia lately, which is news about a quote-unquote miracle cure purported by the self-proclaimed microbiologist Hadi Pranoto. We want to obviously break down why it's not a miracle cure, but also talk about how these kind of fake news and hoaxes and conspiracy theories about COVID-19 can appear during this period of time. This will be a light roasting of those people and a general discussion about the nature of democracy and maybe political leadership at this time of COVID. You know, we have general updates about COVID in Indonesia as well. So we want to talk about the nature of government and political leadership in this really strange times and how the absence of it can lead to really troubling things. We're here, you know, to encourage conversations about holding our authority figures or really anybody at this point accountable when we're dealing with a global pandemic that's not going to be resolved anytime soon. So um, there's definitely that not... We didn't anticipate that we'll talk about this, but we hope you'll enjoy it. So here's to it. latest dubious claim that's going on Indo. Not that it's like unique to Indonesia. You know, we've had our own share of dubious weird claims in America. So mm-hmm. I think it's just the state of the world when um, there's a big pandemic and things are kind of scary that people, I think, want quick fixes and, you know, pray into, you know, fall into this kind of claims. Yeah, uh, I mean, the latest news that's been trending on Twitter and all across social media in Indonesia lately is this claim of a miracle cure to COVID-19 by a quote-unquote, I mean, you guys can't see me, I'm holding like my fingers, air quotes, quote-unquote professor, (laughs) Professor Hadi Pranoto, who was interviewed by uh, Indonesian singer and YouTuber Anji in his YouTube series about a miracle cure that his team of researchers and himself has made that can, you know, cure you of COVID-19 in two or three days. And and this drink, you know, is very easy. You just drink it and you'll be fine. So what, what's inside this miracle cure? So, hey, fun part. He didn't really go into the details of what's inside this miracle cure. Mm-hmm. Other than the fact that him and his team of researchers, what they call the team of antibody COVID-19 researchers, whoever this team is, he doesn't go into details on that either. They said that they've developed this drink that he's shared with people, hundreds of thousands of patients across Sumatra, Java, Bali, and Kalimantan, even the the COVID-19 hospital here in Jakarta, Wisma Atlap. He said that he shared this drink to the patients over there, and it has miraculously cured all of them. Mm-hmm. He didn't actually go into the details of what's inside there, other than the fact that it's an herbal drink that can produce COVID-19 antibodies. <laughs> wow. And that his team is selling, presumably, for a good, pretty amount of rupees. Yes. So so what was interesting, right? He was interviewed by Anji, who's already himself is a YouTuber with 
quite controversial claims mm-hmm. uh, and is sort of like clickbaity in his content. He was interviewed by Anji and Anji introduced Hadi Pranoto as professor and sometimes referring to him as a doctor throughout the 30-minute interview. And so he is being presented to the world as this authority figure, health authority figure that has produced something that, you know, uh, governments around the world, institutions around the world has not been able to do over the last few months, right? Mm -hmm. And I think for a lot of people consuming this kind of content and sort of like, obviously, we've all been uh, certain points bored and fatigued by all of the COVID news, all of the measures we have to take to, you know, protect ourselves and protect each other. Mm -hmm. So everybody's looking for a quick fix. Everybody's looking for an easy answer to the pandemic, right? And so here's this ready-made, quote-unquote, professor, doctor, whatever, microbiologist, self-proclaimed, everything, who's presenting this herbal drink that can be an easy cure. Right. He was saying something about, like, how swab tests, you have to, like, have the cotton up, inserted up into your nostrils, and this, like, how... With his cure, it's unnecessary. It's like super easy and mm-hmm. painless and all of this different kind of stuff. Um, I guess for me, as much as we want to roast them, it's just like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think like I wish the team surrounding the YouTuber spent as much time vetting this guy as they did setting up that shot and that, that whole interview on YouTube. Like on the bridge? If you, like, <laughs> yeah, like on that bridge. So. If, you know, if you haven't seen the footage, it's like these two men situated on chairs in this like kind of really cool looking pier, um, a bridge that, you know, it's shot at, in the night and then it's obviously well lit. There's like this background of this bridge, like going into the darkness and it looks pretty cool. Right. Mm-hmm. And it looks really well set up and lit and, you know, it's done like well. Um, I think maybe for some people, the fact that it's shot well kind of adds the credibility of it in mm-hmm. a little way. I mean, yeah. And, and the guy who was hosting this, right, Anji, who's a who's formerly a musician, now a YouTuber, his he has 3.67 million subscribers to his YouTube channel. So this is not like some small YouTuber who's just trying to get subscribers and likes, right, and views. Mm-hmm. Big deal. Big like deal. he has a huge audience and and, you know. This is not the first time he's courted controversy, as I mentioned earlier. And you could tell that even the way he was framing this YouTube video, right? Where it's like, can we go back to our normal lives? That was the title of the YouTube video, which now no longer exists because YouTube took it down. Right. But he framed it as like, this is the miracle cure, right? Let's let's listen to this professor who, you know, is clearly an authority figure and has discovered something that the government cannot do. And I think that's a, a running thread all over these conspiracy theories and these fake news about cures, right? Like, is the government hiding something from us? Is is the WHO, our institutions, hiding something from us that they don't... Why isn't there a cure yet? Mm-hmm. And it's much easier to believe in these cures, these miracle cures, rather than the reality, which is this pandemic is difficult. And we're still waiting for a vaccine. And this vaccine is costing billions of dollars to produce in laboratories. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take even longer for it to be distributed in Indonesia, I'm sure. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to take a while.
and the funny part, right? Not the funny part, really. Not funny in a haha way. <laughs> Uh, when reporters, obviously, you know, when the interview came out and everybody was like up in arms about this kind of content, reporters came to him and asked him, like, who are you? Like, who, what, you know, what institutions did you graduate from and stuff? And he did actually say, yeah, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a professor. These are just the nicknames that my friends call me. You know, I'm just a guy trying to help against the pandemic mm-hmm. without realizing. He's actually potentially hurting people. Yeah. Well, for me, like, the scary thing about this, right, is if that people believe what he's doing and saying, they, they'll just buy this. And then, you know, as much as you want to make fun of it, like, there's a real danger to it. Because if people believe in what he's saying, they'll buy it, and then they'll just think that they're immune to COVID, and they're going to endanger themselves and other people. Mm-hmm. That's, like, the bad thing about fake cures such as these because i think creates this false sense of safety yeah which can actually endanger people more it's not like oh like it's not the same thing as like people who claim okay we should you know eat our vitamins and be healthier in general so that if something bad should happen we are more protected in a way right like mm-hmm. in, in those kind of situations because like for example my parents um their doctor friends are like yeah you should you know take your multivitamins you know all this stuff so just in case you are exposed to it, you know, you are healthy, right? I think that's a different thing than saying like, oh, you can just take this cure and you'll be fine. Like that's an entirely different proposition. Yeah. Part of the reason why this current claims by this Hadi guy has, I don't think is strange in the realm of Indonesian hoaxes <laughs> is because Indonesian President Joko Widodo himself has back in March supported this idea that jamu or herbal remedies can ward against being affected by coronavirus he says like i drink the mixture instead of tea um he drinks jamu made of um a mixture of red ginger lemongrass and turmeric three times a day since the spread of the virus and saying that he has this mixture instead of tea now and gives out this drink um to guests in the morning afternoon and evening um, but I mean, this is a traditionally Indonesian jamu, which is drank in Indonesia for health reasons. Um, mm-hmm. He does not say that it is going to cure coronavirus. It's like a completely different realm of claims in terms of what it does. Like this is, I think he's taking this like, like a vitamin, the multivitamin, um, an Indonesian kind of multivitamin, if you may. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just like the kind of thing that Heidi would, say like oh even the president drinks herbal remedies so uh this is one guy who just so happened was given this platform to be interviewed by a youtuber Mm -hmm. but as you've seen over the last few months even the president of the united states has also touted like miracle cures and it is legitimately endangered people right because the thing is for a lot of people they're looking for quick cures and it'll be one thing if you were taking this herbal drink and then you were still doing the practices that are necessary to prevent COVID-19 spreading, to protect yourself, right? Still wearing masks, still sanitizing everything. But for a lot of people, they think this is going to be the protective shield. We drink this, we can do everything prior to the pandemic. Uh, We can return to life before the pandemic. The truth is, there is no more normal before pandemic, right? Not for the next Um, two, three reality, basically, right? And I think people don't want to believe that. I mean... I mean, I understand in the sense of like, it's, it sucks, you know, it just, our life has fundamentally changed, people's livelihoods are endangered, or, you know, everyone's struggling, but it doesn't mean that, 
you know, we can just throw all caution to the wind. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, yeah, this is not just like an exclusively Indonesian problem. This is also in America and I'm sure everywhere in the world. Um, you know, so only recently did Trump, the president of the United States, like retweet the fact that there's a coronavirus cure that is purported by um, this doctor, author, and pastor. She's originally from Cameroon and got her education in Nigeria. Um, but she, you know, went out, had this press conference in a doctor's coat surrounded by white mm-hmm. doctors in doctor's coats. And, you know, let's just hear a clip from her. That's Dr. Stella Emanuel, who also has a ministry, who promises on her own YouTube page, quote, deliverance from spirit husbands and spirit wives, parentheses, incubus and succubus, end quote. I came here to Washington, D.C. to tell America, nobody needs to get sick. This virus has a cure. It is called hydroxychloroquine, zinc and zitromax. I know you people want to talk about mask. Hello? You don't need mask. There is a cure. I know they don't want to open schools. No, you don't need to, people to be locked down. There is prevention and there is a cure. Now, keep it honest, just medically, that is simply not true. The most recent study. This is crazy, right? Because she's a legitimate doctor, actually. You know, she has a doctor's license in the States. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I actually, like, uh, my boyfriend's a doctor and he, like, went to, like, actually search her accreditation. He was just like, oh. Yeah, she is actually a doctor. Uh, but the thing is, she's a GP. Like, she's a family practitioner. She's a general... Practitioner. General doctor, which... General practitioner, which is, you know... She's a doctor, but she's not, like, an expert in um, infectious diseases, right? Like, yeah. I think real doctors, like, for example, um, my boyfriend's always very cautious about, you know, saying stuff that is not within his specialty, He's always just like, oh, I'm not in a position to talk about COVID, for example, because we've tried to get him on the show. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he's always just like, okay, this is what, you know, can be medically proved. And he's always just like, okay, this is like the medical study, this are the papers and all this different stuff, as opposed to like um, hydroxychloroquine cure, which is has been, you know, like, initially at some point approved by the CDC to treat it, but then they found that there's actually, that actually using it has worse results for people in terms of like life expectancy. It can, it can just, you know, it can just like kill people. The side effects can kill people. Yeah, it's not, it's not um, a medical more so cure. than the virus. Um, people come to these kind of authority figures because they're looking for authority. They're looking for guidance. And it's just so dangerous when doctors both i guess in this case both self-proclaimed doctors as well as actual doctors spread this kind of dangerous information about covid-19 cures and i think like part of the reason this exists is the i think oftentimes understandable distrust of the indonesian government in this case which or governments i totally get any government around the world um, really it's not that they were like lying maliciously but they were definitely like I, I feel like there was definitely there's a good amount of distrust that is warranted against the Indonesian government's handling of COVID right yes the way for so long in the beginning the Indonesian government's like oh there are no COVID there's no COVID cases in Indonesia and you know hiding the fact that there was any kind of diagnosis and all of this different kind of stuff which I 
I understand from the government's point of view, they don't want to spread this mass panic. Um, it's not done out of malice at all. I think the calculated you know, risk. It, it, it is. It's a calculated risk of like. Okay, we need to get our ducks in a row before we come out with the truth about the situation. Mm-hmm. And consequently, they lost, I think, you know, some level of trust from the public. And the way, and you know, like, you know, we've talked about this off the podcast, but I think I've been very critical of how the government's handling COVID in general. To me, the way the Indonesian government's handled COVID, you know, not prolonging stay-at-home orders and not being strict about enforcement of those stay-at-home orders um, to me speaks of a priority of trying to maintain Indonesia's economic growth as opposed to keeping as many people as safe as possible. That's true. I mean, I might be more forgiving. I mean, I, I, I agree with you in that I think there are fundamental missteps in how the government handled the COVID-19 outbreak. Uh, I don't think it's exclusively to Indonesian governments. I think it's a lot of governments around the world, right? Like this kind of stuff is very hard to control. And you got to sort of like balance informing the public of what's going on, but also not trying to create a panic that you cannot. Once you open the floodgates, right, you open the floodgates. And even recently, there were news about, uh, you know, Iran disguising the death numbers, right? Right. From COVID-19. So... From from that side of the aisle, I can understand if people are skeptical about governments. Like, are they telling us the truth? They don't, technically speaking, right? They don't. They're not beholden to telling us the truth. We just trust them, and we hope that they will tell us the truth in order for the good of the people. But in reality, is governments are all governed by normal individuals who are trying to make decisions as best as they can with the most complete and complete information that they have. That's not to that's not to like give them a pass, but I think. It's it's a delicate situation um, to be able to find that balance when literally the whole world is going through a crisis. I mean, this begs the question, right? This was something that I've talked about with some of my friends. For some of them, uh, some of my friends in America... Some of my friends here. Yeah. This is almost a time when a strong armed government can really empower itself by saying, like, we're going to get this pandemic under control, follow our measures, and you'll be fine. And a few places, right, a few governments have been able to maneuver that political situation where they took advantage of their dominance in the political space in order to actually benefit the people. But does that mean this is the way to go, that we need a strong armed government or a political system that benefits that in the future? It's not, But there are a lot of democracies that do well as well. But I think it also depends on how compliant or how much the citizens of that country would be like, okay, this is in order, in order for public safety. Let's do this, you know? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think that's also a function of, of this epidemic, right? Like how the public would react to government policies like new zealand's is a really democratic place that doesn't it have did very well like, actually a strong armed government right yeah and it did very well because the prime minister was able to be like okay this is what's good for our country we're closing borders let's do this and everyone's like okay that sounds that sounds reasonable let yeah go for it you know like yeah 
I don't think it's just a function of democracy. It's a function of people's ability. I guess it comes out to trust. Yes, I think it's more of trust in government authority. And I think I, I feel like for the longest time, people have certainly politicians right across the world have taken for granted perhaps that their role in power and their presence within the ecosystem of their country, their respective countries, is a given. Like, if I'm a politician, I have this amount of power and nobody, I'm not responsible for anything, right? Right. The people have elected me in, I have somehow, I've gone to this position of power, and then from that point on, I'm no longer beholden to the population. When in fact, actually, during times of crisis, is both when you prove your mettle as a politician uh, but also for pros and cons, right? Like you can actually, if you are, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate, right? If you are a strong arm kind of politician, this is where you can prove your worth, mm-hmm. right? Hitler became the the politician and leader that he was because he took advantage of a time of crisis in Germany, right? I think that that's been studied a lot in political theory and political science. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the same time, you know, I think your example of New Zealand is a great example uh, when you are a democratically elected um, leader and you show that you truly care about your people and you are willing to um, take ownership uh, and lead the country through a time of crisis and communicate with them, this is also when you prove your worth. And unfortunately, I think what we're seeing right now is both sides of the aisle, whether you're in the liberal side or the conservative side, trying to to tackle it, but failing in various parts, right? Right. I think it's just like half measures don't work with this virus. You have half to measures like don't go work. all in. You can't have it both ways. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are trying to like find that balance of like, okay, our economy is tanking, but uh, our cases are rising. What do we do? Is it a catch-22 or can we find some middle ground? And, and while I understand the pressure from both sides of the equation, right? The health side and the economic side. Is this the case where a charismatic leadership a charismatic leader matters, you know, someone who can articulate their case for the country better, perhaps. Yeah. Or just someone, I think, like, yeah, I think public trust is important. I don't know. I just can't see President Jokowi earlier in the crisis, like, have a national address and then be like, okay, there's this. I feel like things would have, could have been different if he had a public address and said this is what's going to happen for our country together and really rallied everybody to the cause, I think things could have turned out differently. I think it's not like you have to necessarily be a charismatic leader. I think you just, in a way, you need to take on, you needed to have taken on a personal risk. I think all leaders who are have countries now that are taking better took personal political risk to be wrong, right, in the early days, like, to be wrong if things and be willing to follow that sword. Yeah, and to say like if I got this if I get this reaction wrong, then I have blood on my hands and acknowledge that blood, right? I yeah. think the downside of what's going on in the States right now is that the president over there does not acknowledge that what he has said in the past literally got people dying, right? Because they, they believed in him. Right. Like with Governor Newsom and Cuomo in the beginning, when they were sounding alarm bells, everyone thought they were you know, overreacting or paranoid or, um, you know, uh, being too heavy-handed and stuff. But Mm -hmm. they were ultimately proven more correct, right? Um, Of course. Than other governors of other places. So it it is a function of, I think, political leadership and their ability to assess the situation and take on that personal risk. And maybe for politicians, it's a scary risk, right? Like to 
to overreact. It's easier to just sit back and wait for for the situation to be more and for the science of the time to be more apparent. But but we didn't people I think there's there's this thing where taking that luxury of waiting and seeing what will happen was not a luxury that was available to people. I think I read somewhere, right? All politicians, once they're getting into office, once they're in office, what they want is status quo. Right. The last thing they want to do is actually rock the boat. Politicians that do rock the boat for a greater good come few and far in between, and they usually get voted out. So I don't think there's any incentive for politicians to to make a scene for themselves, be the leader that the country needs. Uh, I think what what I've noticed actually in our discussion, we didn't expect to talk about political leadership as we <laughs> as we delve into this topic. But I think right when there's a lack of political leadership, it's when these other leaders, right, whether they're conspiracy theories, they're celebrities, public figures, they can fill that space. Oh yeah, and they true. can spin whatever kind of content they want to spin, and that's the dangerous part. You know, you open it right. up to people if they're uh, based on facts and truths and science, then that's great, right? We believe in them. We believe in like Anthony Fauci because he's a legitimate doctor, right? Right. Uh, even when the president is trying to discredit his claims, but on the flip side, you've got YouTubers, you've got self-proclaimed doctors, whatever, who are trying to spout out other kinds of cures, and they're you know, when there is no leader, people will look up to whoever's most convenient and who's there. Right. I think that's the thing, right? You don't see, like, these kind of guys are just a symptom of the absence of strong political leadership mm. in a country. Like, that's why Stella Emanuel is also a thing in America, where there's the president is not a strong leader in in that sense of... yeah being able to be the authority figure of science and medicine. Um, so these kind of claims are, are, are popping up. And he's supportive of these kind of claims as well. I think that's the thing, right? Uh, there's being unable to uh, speak out or, or not being able to risk the political capital that it takes to speak out, which in some cases maybe how you would argue is going on here in Indonesia, that there is a political risk. Uh, to really standing up and being the face of the the reaction. And then there's also the flip side where you're actively encouraging these alternative dubious claims because they will benefit your base, they benefit your political situation, right? Which is what's happening in America right now. Absolutely. Uh, and, and it's crazy because you're playing with people's lives. And not just people's lives, people's livelihoods, right? At this point in the pandemic, it's not just about saving lives. It's also saving people's futures. And the more we we the more we support or we allow for these kind of fake news and these kind of miracle cures and this kind of mindset and thinking that, uh, of mistrust of you know um, trying everything other than fact and science is going to be dangerous for the future. It's not clearly this is not going to be a thing that's going to be resolved this year. So we need to think about how are the things happening now is going to impact generations down the line.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode. You can find more information and resources of whatever we talked about on our website, delica.id. Music credits to John Dealey, Lee Rosevere, and of course, Broke for Free. If you like what you hear and want to support us, please review our podcast on the Apple Podcast app or whatever app you use to listen to your podcast. And please share our podcast with your friends. It's the best way to spread the word about Dialogica. If you want to get more involved, we'd love to hear from you. Our email is dialogicapodcast at gmail.com or just shoot us a message on our Facebook page. You can also find us on Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud, and our Twitter. Please follow us in these various platforms. Our Twitter handle is at dialogicapod. Also, follow me on Twitter. It's Steph Tank. That's S-T-E-P-H-T-A-N-G-K. Thank you again and see you guys next time. Bye!